Welcome to this inspiring message by Paul Van Essen at Greater Life Church. For more information about us, do visit our website www.greaterlife.org.uk. We're coming to the Word of God now, and uh, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm pumped about 2022. I feel like God is speaking to me. I think our team feels like that. You might notice over the screen, I'm not sure if you can tell, just how much stronger physically I am after uh, Owen, myself, Lucille, you know, the lady, Maisel, Caroline, Candy, Pete, who else is there, Sam, bunch of guys helping us lift and carry iris helped us as well uh it's just been uh, lots lots of stuff this week so you know obviously i'm looking fairly fit and fairly able but what's important here now is that we continue to really help and feed people so that their lives absolutely thrive the christian life uh, was intended by god to be one of absolute thriving of absolutely blitzing life of strength and victory in the midst of adversity of the glory of God on somebody's life in the midst of challenges and strains and uh, of a deep peace and a deep love in your heart and in your spirit regardless of what anything uh, of regardless of whatever is being thrown at you um, so thank you for joining us and this message today I'm calling the spirit walk the spirit walk, walking in the spirit. And I really want to reveal to you what is biblically that like the number one key to walking in victory in life. In fact, in a sense, it's the only key that matters. And uh, I think it's going to be eye-opening and I want you to catch what we're saying. I'm, uh, I've sent some notes over as well to, to Sebastian. Um, so he'll be with his people there walking through these things because we don't gather together uh, just to sing songs. We worship God in our spirit. We don't join, whether it's online or in person, just to have a nice cup of tea and say hello. We join for what's called fellowship, where our lives are built together to become this house, this temple that is filled with God's presence. And we don't just read the Bible because it's something we should do and we believe in the Bible. But we want to catch the Word of God in a way that reshapes our thinking, reshapes our spiritual lives, reshapes our heart. So are you ready? Here we go. The Spirit Walk. I want to make three simple points today. And here's the first one. And we've got a couple of Bible references for you. So if you're turning... In your Bible, go to Romans chapter 8. Would you do that? Romans chapter 8. And then if you're also compare, uh, if you can put your finger in another part of the Bible, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. They will be the two main scriptures, and we probably will peek at Ephesians 5 later. Uh, but they're the main two. Romans chapter 8, I'm going to start in verse 9, verse 4, and then we'll go later to Galatians chapter 5. Now get this. I'm going to uh, leave a few bits out, but we're reading from Romans 8, 4 through to 9. The law's requirement will be accomplished in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. The law's requirement. So Paul's writing to these Romans. Some are, uh, have Jewish knowledge, some not so much. 
but the requirement of the law, in other words, to do good, to do right, to love your neighbor, to, to live with honesty, to not cheat, to not cheat on your wife, to put God first, to live in a wholesome way, all those things. And you could go into the Ten Commandments, you know, you shall lie, you shall not do this, you shall not uh, have any other gods before me, uh, and so on. All those things, the law's requirements will be accomplished in us. How? If we walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So you have evidently these two options. You can walk according to the flesh, or you can walk according to the spirit. He's writing to Christians. So a Christian person is a person who has been born again. They have put their trust in Jesus from their heart. They have said, Jesus, I hear the story about you, that you love me, that you love people. I understand a little bit, not everything, but I understand that you want me to be your friend and that through you, God and I can be connected and my life will change positively because your love, your nature, your power, your life will come into me by the Holy Spirit. I receive you. Come into my heart. That prayer, if you've never prayed it, is a very simple prayer to pray. And there aren't a particular series of boxes you have to tick. Did you say this? Did you say this? It's a heart issue. God's interested in your heart. Is your heart reaching out toward God and putting trust in Him at whatever level you can? Now, I remember when I prayed that prayer for the first time as a 16-year-old in my bedroom in 28 Duke Street, Forestville in Sydney in Australia. Uh, I remember looking out the window where I could see the outline of the city roughly. We're about 15 minutes drive from, from the Harbour Bridge there. Uh, I lived in that house all my life. I remember looking out there and talking to God, not really knowing him, but wanting to know him. And all I knew was that you asked Jesus kind of into your heart. I didn't know much. So I did that. I asked him into my heart. The next night, going to bed again, uh, on my knee, knees or sitting on my bed, I don't remember, but looking out the window and talking to God again. It was night time. And asked him into my heart again. Because I wasn't really sure if he came in the first time. <laughs> and I think I asked him into my heart four or five times in a row. Four or five nights in a row. Because... You know, I was a bit stuck, as many of us are, on the whole mental side, not understanding what I understand now, which is that God's interested in your heart. Is your heart yielded? Is your heart hungry? Simply ask Jesus to come into your life and be your best friend. That's where it starts. Now, once you're a Christian, Paul, uh, Paul here is writing to the Romans and he's writing to Christians. You've, if you've never prayed that prayer, by the way, go ahead and pray it. You can pray it right now where you are. Maybe you're in Faisalabad, maybe you're in Scotland, maybe you're in anywhere in the world. And you just ask God in that simple way that I explained. And you can do that right now. And you don't have to be at a what the church is, what we call an altar call. It's a prayer of your heart. I did it in my bedroom. Uh, there was I didn't know any different and there was nothing wrong with that. So you ask Jesus into your heart. 
Now, then you become a Christian and you're born again. But now you have a choice as to how you live. And you notice that Paul writes to these Romans, he says, look, you can walk according to the flesh, the fleshly nature, or you can walk according to the spirit. It's your choice, but you can't fulfill the, the, the law. You can't do the right things. You can't live pleasing to God unless you walk in the spirit. I'm not sure why nobody has ever told us this. So you don't need to worry. You don't really need to concern yourself with Ten Commandments. There's only one commandment in the New Testament. Jesus explains it in John 13, round about verse 34. And he says, I'm giving you a new commandment that you agape love one another as I have agape loved you. By this, everybody's going to know that you're my followers. And of course, you then have Jesus talking in the same way in Matthew 22, verse about 37, 8, 9, 40 in there. When he says, what, they ask him, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus? And he says, well, the first one is to agape love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. And the second one is like it. Agape love your neighbor, other people, as you do yourself. On this, all the law and all the prophets hang. In other words, the sum total. You don't need to learn all those laws. You don't need to try and obey all those laws. Are you listening to me? Because for some people, especially some people that have been Christians for a while and maybe religiously brought up, and so they've thought, well, you know, the Ten Commandments, this, the, 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 I, I, I lied, I shouldn't have lied. And they go through the process of saying sorry for lying. And I understand that. I'm not saying that's not important. What I'm saying is that actually what Jesus is bringing, this new covenant, has nothing to do with the Ten Commandments. There's only one thing you need to concern yourself with, and that's to walk in agape love. Now, isn't that interesting that walking in the spirit and walking in agape love, they go hand in hand. And that, in its simplest term, is how you can live pleasing to God and how you can live victorious in every area of your life. It's astounding. I want that to, to sink in with you for a little bit. Because we have often overcomplicated things. We have often in the Christian church, and I think particularly in the West, and I grew up, of course, in the West, in Australia. Uh, I have, you know, preached in and visited, I don't know, a dozen different countries or so. Uh, I love all the people that I've met in all the different nations. Uh, but I love it here in England. I love the English people. And I love Europe. And uh, God has planted a deep love for me. Uh, for them in my heart but then I go to Pakistan and I'm looking to go back there as soon as that's possible again and I just have a deep love for those people there God's put love in my heart because his spirit is love right God is love so when his spirit comes in love comes in so walking in the spirit and walking in love go hand in hand and that is the essence 
of everything you need to know. You will, if you try to obey the law with your efforts, although they're sincere, they will not succeed well. But if you will learn to walk in the spirit, you will automatically do, you will automatically do what is required by God, what is pleasing to God, what is loving to God, what is loving to other people, simply by the force and the power of the spirit in you. Can you, can you catch that? Did you get that? I've spent a bit of time on it, but I wanted to, you to, to, to catch that. So then the law's requirements will be accomplished in us who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now listen, you, verse 9 says this, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, since the spirit of God lives in you. If anyone doesn't have the spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. You're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. Once you're born again, you're connected with God. You're the gateway. Jesus is the door, the gate into the realm of the spirit, the spirit world. This whole other world that goes on at the same time as this earthly world, but it is a superior world, and you become part of this other world. Heaven is in that other world. Angels are in that other world. And if you could, if God would, and sometimes he does, grant you the gift of seeing in the spirit, like, a, like a, the gift of discerning of spirits, there are different ways that functions. But if you could see spiritually, you would see angels, you would see demons, you would see the grace of the anointing of God on you. You would see that the streets of gold in heaven are really streets of gold. You would see a whole other world that's going on at the same time. Now that, when you're born again, you enter into that world. But most Christians have made very little progress in understanding that world, the world of the spirit. Most of them have never been taught to walk in the spirit. Most of them don't even know what that really means. And so they have missed out on the ability to walk in victory and to walk pleasing to God all the time, every day. Not worried about when they failed this or that. Let me, let me, let me say this again here now. So you are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. When you're born again, the door's open, you're there. But now, you've got to choose how to live. Since the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. What makes you a Christian? The Spirit of Christ. The Spirit inside your spirit, you're born again, that's what a Christian is. Your life may be ugly, it may be not very loving, but if you're born again, then you're of Christ. And you could be a very good person, and do a whole lot of things right and be very lovely and very kind and all those things are good things and we value them and they help the world, there's no question. But if you don't have the spirit of Christ, then you're not a Christian, born again in the biblical sense. So I want you to make sure, if you're with us today and our friends in Fasalabad, make sure today that you're born again. Receive Jesus, receive the spirit. Now, this is the second point I want to make. All the problems in your life, 
Where do they come from? Really just one source. All the issues, all the challenges, every day the number of times you feel defeated or you might feel frustrated or you might lose your temper or you might feel like you aren't in control or you might doubt or you might fear, all those, and some of them are very horrible things. All that, all those, all that stuff comes out of one area. It's called the flesh. It's not your old nature because your old nature was crucified when Jesus, with Jesus. That's why water baptism is something you do as soon as you've been born again because it affirms what's happened and it helps you spiritually. And if, you're, if you've been a Christian and you've not been water baptized, that will hold back some of the breakthrough that God has for you. You want to get water baptized. But the point of it is that your, your, your flat, the old nature has died. So now I'm a new me. Everyone say out there, I'm a new me. You're a new you. And who you really are is beautiful to God, is pleasing to God, is without, to quote Colossians in the New King James Version, without a spot, a wrinkle, or a blemish, unreproachable, unaccusable, before God's throne. That's who you are. You are not a sinner. You're a new creation. The sinful man died with Jesus. That was the point of his death. When he rose from the dead, because you've now got the spirit of Christ, we talked about, in you as a born-again Christian, you rose with him. His risen spirit is in you. Romans 8.11, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you it's in you now that spirit and so you have the life of god the nature of god and you have the perfect righteousness of god you are without blemish before god that's how you are right now so the problems are not because of the old nature and in a way they're because of the devil but actually the only issue you need to deal with is the flesh. You need to learn to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. You can be a Christian and still walk in the flesh. Many do. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he starts, oh no, 1, 2 and 3, all through there. I don't remember exactly where, but you can look it up. won't hurt you. You'll find that he, he writes to them. And he says, I couldn't speak to you as mature people, but as children or as infants. I still have to feed your milk. You haven't matured. You haven't grown. And then he said, for example, one of you says, I like Paul better than Silas. Another says, I like Silas better than Paul. Another one says, well, I want so-and-so to baptize me. Oh, I like it better when so-and-so is preaching. Or I think da-da-da-da-da. And he says, when you do that, when you compare somebody against another, aren't you just being carnal, some versions say, or fleshly? It's the same thing. In other words, you're acting like the natural person. You're allowing this body of the natural, Paul Van Essen in this case, to dominate me, instead of allowing the, um, the Spirit of God and, and training myself to walk in the Spirit. 
So every problem is coming out of the flesh. And the answer is to learn to walk in the spirit. I don't know if I can make it any clearer than that. I hope you're catching what I'm saying here. All the problems. So you've got to learn to walk in the spirit. Now, this is where Galatians 5 comes in. And have a turn to, with me there. If you've got your Bible, Galatians 5. I'm going to read from 5 verse 16 and then uh, bits and pieces, but mo all the way through to about 23. I want you to see that what Paul's teaching the Galatians in the Bible is what I'm teaching you here now. Listen to this. But I say, walk in the Spirit or walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Galatians 5.16 is one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Walk in the Spirit or walk by the Spirit. Walk in that Spirit realm and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So look, the problems are in the flesh. That's all. That's where the problems are. Every one of them. So you might say, well, my problem is I don't have enough money. Or my problem is I lose my temper. Or my problem is I lack self-discipline. And so every day I say, I'm going to do this, but I never do it. Or my problem is whatever my problem. Now, so some of these things, you know, I can, that's not, you know, if you, if you, if you don't have enough money, or you don't have enough health, are you with me? Then, then I can, that's not the flesh in that sense. However, the victory, listen to me carefully, the victory over those things is always wrought in the spirit and the defeat always comes from the flesh. In other words, you're going to go through trials, you're going to go through troubles. The Bible problem promises that. You're going to have issues, you're going to have difficulties, you're going to have people that don't like you, you're going to have people that hate you. You're going to have things that go wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. That's par for the course. That's life. And that's the Christian life as well. So Satan may stir up some people to hate you, right? But the flesh is the part of you that reacts wrongly, that gets angry, that decides to take vengeance. But if you walk in the spirit and not the flesh, then even though the people are hating you, or there isn't enough money, or whatever the issue is, you have peace and victory in the midst of that storm. Can you hear what I'm saying? The real problem is not that things go wrong. The real problem is how we respond to the things that go wrong. The real victory is to walk in the Spirit in spite of the circumstances. Stop trying to get all the circumstances to change all the time and learn to walk in the spirit so that whatever circumstances come, you have victory. All your answers come from walking in the spirit. All your problems come when the flesh dominates you instead of the spirit and you walk in the flesh in the natural person, not in the spirit person. I remember a tremendous story of a, a lady, uh, a guy actually called David Wong, many years ago now, tw 30 years ago. Uh, I met him. Well, I heard him speak. He came to the church where I was a young person in that church. And his message was the church in China. And I still have the audio tape recording of it. 
and I've listened to it, not in recent years, but so many times. And he told the story of what God was doing at that time. This would be then the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, what God was doing uh, in that in China at that time. And he told the story of, of how these church leaders were persecuted. And he told the story of one particular lady who was a pastor of a, a significant number of people, a leader of people, a preacher. Uh, and because of that, she had uh, been persecuted and she had been thrown in jail. And he said um, they beat her and they threw her in jail and still she was happy and praising God and they were very annoyed. So she ended up, they took her to a jail in Inner Mongolia where it is beyond freezing cold. She had no clothes to speak of, no warmth at all. In fact, she found some bits of newspaper and shoved them under her uh, shirt to try and keep warm, shivering cold. They beat her. They raped her repeatedly, trying to get to her, trying to get her to stop confessing to Jesus. And they, they maimed her. You know, she couldn't function properly. She was physically hurt. And then they left her. And the morning, in this, on this occasion, they came back in the morning. And they said to her, what, what is wrong with you? What is it with you? We beat you, we rape you. And still, when you are asleep in the night, you are giggling like a little girl. And there was still joy in her heart. And when they asked her that, she, with her toe in the dirt sand floor of this inner Mongolian prison, made out the letters J E S U S. Jesus. And David Wong told how, as she wrote that with those accusers and rapists, murderers type people there, prison guards, she, the, the power and the glory of God filled that cell. Those men uh, that had treated her that way encountered God, received Jesus, put the trust in the Jesus that she had lived with and demonstrated. David Wong had a lot of stories like that, but that's maybe the one that sticks the most in my mind after 30-something years. And I tell that story because it's, it's wonderful, it's inspiring. But all that lady did really was live in the secret I'm telling you today. She lived in the spirit. See, no amount of persecution, no amount of bad treatment can destroy you if you stay in the spirit. But as soon as you get in the flesh, it's not fair. I'm retaliating. I'm going to get you back. They can't do this to me. Da, 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 da. As soon as you get in the flesh, I'm not talking about that you shouldn't appeal against wrong things. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the attitude of your heart. As soon as you get in the flesh, you get angry, you get retaliatory or whatever, and you let that dominate you, then you lose on the inside of you. And without trying to put any pressure on you, imagine those men, some of whom now most probably will be in heaven. 
only saved because the woman they raped, bashed and tried to freeze to death never lost, we would say never lost her faith. She just never stopped walking in the spirit. She stayed in the spirit. And he was able to, the spirit was able to comfort her, bring her joy, cause her to laugh in the midst of her sleep and her pain, cause her to continue faithfully testifying to Jesus with joy in her heart despite her treatment. See, the secret to all those things is what I'm telling you today. You don't live, most of us don't live in that kind of situation, though I suspect that those kinds of things are going to become more common in the West than they have been for a long time. But you shouldn't be afraid of that, nor concerned about it. You should welcome the opportunity to live in the Spirit. You should say, my God, I can overcome any situation? Yep. I don't have to ever be defeated? Nope. Anger never has to get the best of me? It's only ever the flesh. Learn to walk in the Spirit. Isn't it magnificent? I, uh, I want to close up. I've got other things I'd like to tell you about this but let me just give you a couple of simple points on how 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 then do you walk in the spirit like this i want to give you three simple points number one think about yourself the right way massive key if you hear nothing else hear this you're not a sinner if you're a christian you're a saint you're a born again person you're 100% approved by God. You don't have to get approved. You don't have to live better to be approved. You are in approval when you're in Christ. Stop thinking of yourself as somebody that is prone to defeat. You are built for victory. God has set it up so that you can win in every circumstance by maintaining a life full of of the spirit think about yourself that way and if god so guides us maybe i'll get to tell you a little more about how that functions in the coming weeks but for now keep thinking of yourself reject the thoughts that tell you that you're a failure that you're displeasing to god they're lies that is not true jesus died so that you would be pleasing to god it has nothing to do with your actions it has everything to do with what he did for you. From scratch, today, right now, you're perfectly pleasing to God. But until your mind agrees with what I'm telling you here, which is in the Bible, you are going to be prone to go to the flesh all the time because thinking low, thinking poorly, put it that way, thinking poorly about yourself, thinking of yourself, as a dirty, rotten sinner, thinking of yourself as a defeated person, a struggling person trying to get victory over sin or trying to become more loving. That's all fleshly kind of thinking. That's all thinking like the law thinks. I have to try and do this. Grace changed everything more than we realize. You are right now, if you're in Christ, perfectly pleasing to God. Start from that platform and then decide, I'm going to learn to walk in the Spirit. Every time you stumble, it'll happen. I can tell you exactly what happened. You just yielded to the flesh 
and I do it too, as people do. I remember Kenneth Hagin, who, who walked with God in a wonderful way many years, saying, look, you know, if you find somebody who, who thinks, you know, or you see somebody you think doesn't ever make any mistakes, doesn't ever get it wrong, he said, everybody's got a flesh. And everybody, sooner or later, especially if you live with them, the flesh will show up in all of us. But the best thing we can do is remember that's not who we are. We're not our flesh. We're a new creation pleasing to God. Let's flip back into staying in the spirit. That's the first thing. The second thing is a beautiful verse in Ephesians 5 that I will read to you. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the spirit. It's an instruction. And the word means be being filled. That's the actual Greek. It's, it's what they call permanent present tense. So it doesn't say one off, be filled. It says every day, be in a state of being filled. See, when the Holy Spirit fills you, which is just like you fill a glass, it's exactly the same thing. You have a glass, my coffee mug is gone, but you have a glass. And if it's half full, it's half full or half empty, depending on how you look at it. If it's a quarter full, it's a quarter full. If it's overflowing, it's overflowing. Your spirit is the same. You're a container for the Holy Spirit. It could be a little bit full, which is honestly the case for most Christians because we just haven't been taught this. Or it could be half full. Well, that's a little better. It could be getting close to full. That's nice. Overflowing is where you want to be. You can see when you're overflowing, it just all the stuff of the Spirit flows out of you naturally. That is the normal Christian life. And the way to continue to be filled is to, well, to worship and to pray. Let me put those things in there, but let me actually flip. To make time to be with God. But I want you to see it in a Bible verse and then we've done. Listen to this most amazing thing. Galatians chapter 6 verse 8. I'll just read it for you. Whoever sows to the flesh will reap from the flesh destructive stuff. Whoever sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit the life of God. Zoe. Pretty simple. Like a farmer. Whoever sows corn is going to reap corn. No big deal there. Don't sow wheat and then pray to God for rice. Oh, God answers all prayers. Not when you're stupid. You're going to reap what you sow. If you want rice, sow rice. Hello. And the miracle of the growth of rice and the reproduction, that's all actually set in place. Your part is just to sow it. Exactly the same in this. If you sow to the spirit world, sowing is like your words. So in other words, you sow your words, so to the spirit world, praise God. You're sowing to the spirit world. Thank you, Jesus. Your words are seeds going into the spirit world. My angels are with me. I'm always protected. I'm sowing to the spirit world. This is a very difficult situation. I'm sowing to the flesh. It may be a difficult situation, but I could also say, praise God, you are with me in this situation and I'd be sowing to the Spirit. Your words are very powerful, but sowing 
uh, sowing is involved in prayer. So when I pray, I'm Lord, I'm looking to you, I'm thanking you, and then I pray in the spirit. Now that's powerful because my spirit is praying things my head doesn't know. And all that is sowing into the spirit and seeds are going into the spirit realm. And funnily enough, I'm going to harvest from the spirit world and I'll find a greater level of God's presence, a greater filling to the point where maybe I get overflowing. But if I sow to the flesh, I'm a Christian. But if I keep saying, I can't do it, you keep saying, uh, uh, this is, I'm really angry at this. Well, you know, I get it. There are things I get angry about too. But being angry mostly doesn't achieve the will of God. So I'm going to be self-controlled even though I feel angry. So I'm going to learn to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. All hatred of people, all putting down of people, all belittling of people, all the racism we see uh, which re and all those things really are all rooted in hatred. They're all rooted in hatred. And that's all just the work of the flesh. And a Christian who has those kind of attitudes or those kind of propensities or lives that way, is just a born-again person that hasn't learned to live in the spirit. You want to learn to live in the uh, spirit, it's the flesh that'll treat people small. But the spirit will value people in a magnificent way and will shine love in a way. And the fuller you get, the more victory you have. The answer is not to keep crucifying yourself the Bible actually doesn't say that, you know, in the New Testament letters, that, that the, you know, you, you've got to die to yourself. It actually doesn't say that in the New Testament letters. In that revelation of Christ in you, it's that you walk in the Spirit and keep the flesh under. If you walk in the Spirit, you don't need to die to yourself. You're now walking in the will of God all the time. You're walking in love all the time you put on this new man that's what colossians tells you walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh